All right. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. This is Christopher Messina from Messy Times. Lucky for me and enlightening for you, I'm joined in the studio today by my co-host, James Langer. Hello, everybody. James, I'm at a loss. Uh, there's not much to talk about. There's been very little news since we last uh, spoke to our our li- listenership, which is just skyrocketing, by the way. Thank you to all who are tuning in so frequently. We appreciate that. It's really exciting. Um, but we actually did. We spent a lot of time. Uh, we watched the entirety of the Slugfest debate, number one. Um, some points that came out of that that were... Uh, worth discussing, and we'll we'll circle back on as we come near uh, the the come towards the second debate. Um, but in the intervening time, even since the debate, something's happened. Something has happened. I've heard through the grapevine. <laughs> and what on, was that? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, the president and the first lady both tested positive for COVID shortly uh, announced last night. So, um, and the response from the media has been just overwhelmingly compassionate, which I'm very surprised at. I don't know if you're seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. Maybe not. I am. I am. A lot of uh, celebrities uh, and political professionals are wishing the president and his wife a speedy death. So that's really nice. They're they're apparently, uh, you know, willing to spare them um, suffering, which is really great. Uh, but jesting aside, um, this this has hit me the way it's hit you. There's something decidedly wrong with a lot of people in this country, right? You can have policy differences with people. You can think a tax plan is wrong, but we've got this woman, Zara Rahim, who worked for both Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, tweeted when she heard about this news, "I hope he dies." Yes. This is, this is not some random teenage idiot. This is an adult who's a professional. She was a former spokeswoman for Hillary Clinton, wrote on social media that she hopes the president, never mind any, she hopes anyone dies from getting this. That's right. And it's the president of this country. That's right. And What's wrong with these people? 39 minutes after Trump made the announcement, the Washington Post posted on Twitter, and I quote, imagine what it will be like never having to think about Trump again. Fabulous. Absolutely sickening that the media is attempting to capitalize on another individual's sickness. And you know, it's fine. Everybody can talk about, oh, he he was asking for it. He wasn't wearing a mask and go through that whole line of logic. But to wish him ill harm for any individual in this beautiful democracy that we live in, to wish ill harm on a president, once again, irrespective of where you stand on the political spectrum, is sickening. And it, it gives us a sense of the state that we're in right now. And God willing, it will turn around someday. But it just makes me extraordinarily sad that the media is wishing all of this ill will. And, the, you know, they're getting all excited because the stock market was down so much, down 400 points or 500 points at one point. 
in the futures market. And, you know, Wall Street somehow has this unbelievable rationality associated with it that the market came back, it closed relatively flat. Donald Trump being in quarantine for 14 days isn't going to fundamentally change, change the characteristics of what no. Apple Computer is doing, for example, or any any other publicly traded company. So, um, you know, I, I know the media was hoping that the stock market would crash. They could blame it on Trump's irresponsibility. And they're, they're just praying for bad news. And they're getting these little pieces of bad news hand, handed to them that they're somehow turning into a positive for their uh, customers and the people that are regurgitating the media that they read. It's absurd. It is absurd, but hey, that's a good launching off point, right? Because while it's abhorrent, while it's morally repugnant, um, that's become you know no surprise uh, listening to the modern uh, communist socialist Democrats. Um, what we've promised our listeners is not just another litany of outrage. You can tune into whatever uh, news channel you want for that. But we promise them a modicum of explanatory power. Correct. So I, I suggest we give it a shot. Let's do it. I would draw a straight line to the people, as you pointed out early on in one of our uh, uh, shows, the entire set of social media exists um, to drive, like all media does, to drive traffic to them. Correct. So polarization sells. Polarization right. works. So how have we gotten to the point where adults, educated adults in this country, live in such a homogeneous echo chamber bubble with people who think just like them, that any one of them thought that this was a good idea, this was okay to say, Right? How did we get to this point? Um, it's it's really kind of startling. It really it really is. Um, and, and and to your point, um, the more social media followers you have, apparently, the more you know about U.S. politics and policy and governments and economics and everything that goes into. Uh, the world that we live in today it has nothing to do with how educated you are, how well you write, how well you speak. It has to do with the number of followers that you have on Instagram and Facebook. That's a very... Which, which actually, before I forget, uh, we've got to show a little more leg in, in our podcasts. I think that's going to help us a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's, we'll, it's, we'll, do, we'll do a topless live uh, podcast next time and post that and see what happens. Uh, looking for plunging, plunging attendance. So, um, you're absolutely spot on. One of the things that I have found so incredibly fascinating, uh, and but part of why we set this up, let us not let let us not lose sight of the reason we set this up. We were laughing the other day. Um, the kids are school age and they're busy wrestling through geometry and algebra and calculus and all the rest of it. Um, and I'm just absolutely utterly convinced that the only quantitative subject that every single American child should have to pass before getting a high school diploma is statistics and probability. Exactly. That is That lack of quantitative reasoning is why... You get to this insane point, right? We've been having Absolutely. discussions uh, with with fans and uh, what we call almost fans alike on social media platforms over the last week. Um, and it's been absolutely fascinating when presented with the phenomenally good news that for everyone under 70, 
your chance of surviving right. COVID-19 are more, usually more than 99.7%. By the time you get down to 40, it's 99.998%. Yes. That is phenomenal news. When you bring that up, you get back these knee-jerk answers. Well, that doesn't mean some people go sick. Yeah, or my favorite is, well, you just want one of those people denying the virus. <laughs> um, if I were denying the virus, I wouldn't be quoting the CDC statistics at That's you. That's correct. Right? So, but I've come to discern in a lot of the, the knee-jerk answers and the things I see written, uh, and this evil, evil, evil woman, Zara Rahim, may her name be never forgotten in this country. Maybe she leave and go somewhere else with that kind of attitude. She wants the president to die when he gets sick. Um, with the exception of those, uh, or what enables them is this complete lack of understanding of what those statistics mean, right? We've we've been looking at epidemiologists who don't quite know the infection rate, meaning 100 people could sit in a room. Right. We don't know. Will it always be 6% of the people that are exposed catch it? Is it sometimes 40%? Does that transmissibility and infection rate vary with age? Like, there's a whole lot of stuff. So even when you say the survival rate of people at 75 years old is 94.6%, it actually might mean it's 99% because seven of eight of the people in that age bracket who were exposed don't even contract it. Right? But the good news is if people understood statistical reasoning, those numbers from the CDC have to be a floor on reality because you can't fake dead bodies. That's correct. Right? But all you, what you don't know is how many more people could have been talking to one another. And that's the infection rate. The people living in places like California those who are happy with uh, Fuhrer Newsom's uh, lockdowns, they're rationalizing themselves saying, they bought this line about, well, I, I might not get sick, but I'll give it to someone else, give it to someone else, give it to someone else who hugs their grandmother or she dies. With that kind of reasoning, you should never leave the house ever. Yeah, that's, that's right? exactly that's right. Just, that's, that's absurdity that they sold them this line of this potential chain of causality, which may or may not happen, and if they actually believed it and they understood statistics, they would want to do what we're doing in Florida, which is everyone who's old, isolated in a nursing home, let herd immunity develop among everyone under 60 who's not already sick, and then we'll all be fine. And somehow they don't get this in the media, of course, whether those idiots understand it and don't want to say it, or they don't understand it, which is far more likely, um, are whipping up this furor, and somehow a virus is the president's fault. It's madness. Right, that's right. The other thing that I've been thinking of, so if everybody is so afraid and the liberal uh, media is portraying this pandemic as the end of the world and you have to take every single precaution and not leave your house and wear a mask, do you really want our president of the United States to be hiding in his basement, afraid of a virus, maybe we should require the president of the United States to have some degree of immunity if everybody <laughs> is so afraid. So now like we have a presidential candidate, our president, who is going to have immunity in, uh, the experts are saying, seven to ten days once he um, becomes well. And, you know, our thoughts are and prayers are out to everybody that's... Uh, suffering through this the, the disease especially those obviously that uh, ha have have very difficult symptoms associated uh, with the disease both Democrats and Republicans 
uh, here at Messy Times. We do not wish ill will on anybody. On anyone. We can disagree not. with individuals, but I'm not going to say somebody should die because I don't agree with the way that they think. No, it's, 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 it's a trend that I've noticed over the last few years. A part of it is that whole degree of polarization. Um, everything, you know, I found nothing funnier than listening to a segment of the population screech about Donald Trump. It really is like, do they listen to themselves? Do they realize they are a mirror to their own id? They scream about him wanting to be a dictator and control things. The only people I've seen getting thrown out of colleges for speaking are what one might call right-wing, right? Everything they do, they're howling and yelling that he is his grave danger, right? Um, I saw a knee-jerk reaction, not politically similar, but obviously different. Um, the number of people that I know who are more left-leaning who felt it was appropriate in the wake of... Um, the school shooting in Florida a couple of years ago to write things like, well, I hope those are the kids of NRA owners or you know NRA members. Like, you really wrote that. You really wrote that you would prefer, if given a choice, that the child of someone who belongs to the NRA should have preference to being shot by a psycho. You actually wrote that. Not only because even the fact that you said it is disturbing, right. but the fact that you took time to type it and then instead of deleting it, hit return, is really, there's something deeply dysfunctional in this country that has got to end. I don't hear anyone wishing harm, sickness, and death on anybody on the Democratic side of the fence. I just don't see it. Absolutely not. It's terrifying. It it really is. It really is. So I I think if we can cut through all of this and agree that, once again, nobody should wish death upon anybody, you know, what I've been thinking about and what the media has also been portraying, oh, this is a massive event in the election. This is, once again, throwing the entire election into this massive state of chaos, which is already the most chaotic uh, presidential election that we've experienced. Okay, here's the reality of the matter for longtime listeners and new listeners of Messy Times. This election is going to be very simple in terms of the way it's going to be decided. It's going to be decided by suburban families, individuals that live in Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. If you can take everybody else in the country, I'm sorry, your vote isn't going to matter a ton. I'm just, that's the fact of the matter. So do you think that the average suburban family, Christopher, you living in, in Florida, the fact that Trump, President Trump tested positive for COVID, and if you're an independent, does it say, oh, I can't vote for Trump. I have to vote for Biden. So in my... Yeah, it's, in a my fast, it's a fascinating point. Why would this change your vote one way or the it other? It doesn't change anything. It's, it's great media, but... F- saying it we're throw this is a, another curveball throwing the United States election into a deeper state of chaos is once again trying to get eyeballs onto your screen and is an irrelevant fact or it's not even a fact it's an irrelevant statement <laughs> this is this is a non-event um, 
if God forbid he gets iller and iller, then it will become an event. But as of right now, he uh, and his wife both have very mild symptoms. He's still carrying through his daily duties. He's obviously pushed his events off to a virtual state, but it's not going to change voters' minds. It's really not. No. So, no. and you know, no one our president. He is going to defeat this thing bigly. Oh, he sure is. He's absolutely no going question. to defeat it. And I think he will turn it into a positive. And, you know, oh. maybe what he does is says, bites the bullet and says, I know what this can, disease can do to an individual. It's not that bad. Come on, guys. Let's get on with our lives. So <laughs> it'll be uh, so, very interesting. It will. We wish him all the best. Absolutely. Um, and just we're going to sign off because there is uh, there's no time in the universe to express our disgust for people like Zara Rahim talking that way about the parent of a, of a, of a teenage child, um, just irrespective of the fact that she's talking that way about another human being. But, you know, I'm sure her resume is all buffed and polished and uh, she can't wait to be part of the uh, Biden transition team, which I hear they're hiring for, by the way. Talk, <laughs> wow. talk about jumping the gun. Interesting. Good, you know, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't leave a job to take that one if I were you, unless you could see the cash up front. Anyway. Certainly be careful. Anyway, until next time, Messy Times, uh, especially uh, we didn't think it could get any worse, but uh, it is. Um, you know, turn off, the, turn off the news. Turn into Messy Times. Clear your head. Please do, and tell all of your fr- family and friends about us, too. We're very excited about building the audience, and we want to continue that momentum. Well, until next episode, signing off.